Begins, guys. Thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast, where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. Today is May 8th, and the Pirates just lost the series to a 3-22 and team by the power of Colin Moran. They only write this sort of stuff in books, guys. There's no other explanation of this. We are sleeping right now, and we will wake up any minute. Let's let's go, Bucks. <laughs> my name is Josh, and I'm joined as always by my brother Jake. Hi. How we doing, man? We mean how we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? This is, how we doing? Uh, they're not doing great. I'm really waiting to wake up. Yeah. Unbelievable. The whole thing. Yeah. I, and I'm not just talking. talking go ahead. I was, I was talking to a guy at work the other day, and he says, oh, at least we should get get some good wins in Cincinnati. I says, I mean, eventually the Reds are going to have to win some games. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's probably going to be against us. Yeah. They get home. That's just that's just the way our cards are laid. They get an extra day off because of the rain. Mm-hmm. Some things happen, right? Yeah, and they get a little momentum, and then whatever. Here's the thing. Here's the one thing I will say because I'm really mad about this all, and I do want to clarify right out of the gate: all of these teams are Major League Baseball teams. What the Reds have done so far this season is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. because it, it seems impossible. They are not that bad. No. no Major League Baseball team is that bad. You know, what was the last team? We talked about this. The last team to do this was the 1988 Baltimore Orioles to go. They went like 0-21, and they had guys like Cal Ripken and Fred Lynn, and, you know, they weren't a crappy team. No, not by any means. I mean, they still lost 107 games. They were a bad Major League Baseball team. But they had yeah. good players on that team is what I'm trying to say. And they were a bad team that year, like the Pirates were last year, and the Pirates are this year, and the Reds are this year. Yeah. But a lot of that 107 was because they started 0-21. Right. That's a hard deficit to come back from. Right? So for the Reds, they're not going to bounce back from this and have a good year. This is going to be a bad year for them. They can say, yeah. let's erase the record and look forward and play well. They can say those sort of things. But it's not going to go like the season's already trash. They're not yeah. going to the postseason pretty much. I mean, if they do, if they they don't have the players for that. No, they and I'm not even saying they have Cal Ripkins on their teams, but I'm pretty sure that that 0 and 21 Baltimore team had four Hall of Famers on it. I think <laughs> it might have been three. And then they traded for Kurt Schilling during that season. Who's not a Hall of Famer, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But either way, I don't think that. uh I don't think that that's a... I'm not trying to say that that's the Reds. I'm not trying to say that they'll bounce back. All I'm saying is, Major League teams are not 3-22 and 22 bad. Right. They're not just being outmatched every night. There's something, you know what I mean? That It's just a, it's a combination of a lot of guys playing poorly. Mm-hmm. Pitchers who are hurt, and then pitchers who are coming in. Everybody's hyped about the Hunter Green fastball. It's also the fastball that gets punished the most. So... Like, if you look at the statistics, I think there was, like, exit velo or whatever, something like that. Like, 12 of his fastballs were the ones that got damaged the most. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, hey, you throw it hard, that's cool, but if it's hard and straight, it's getting hit. 
it's also getting missed a lot. Yeah, when, when I'm we going just off saw there that a couple years ago. Didn't yeah, it? yeah. But the point is, the point of the whole thing is that no teams are that bad, and so if you went into this weekend as a Pirates fan or a Pirates player and said, "Oh, we should get four easy wins," like that's not how this thing works, right? But I'm going to tell you that we had things that were unlucky that went our way. We had things where we absolutely shot ourselves in the foot and we just outright didn't play well. Yep. And if you go and those three things happen, that's, I mean, I'm surprised we didn't get swept. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And we saw in game two of the doubleheader Saturday that things can go your way when a team's going bad and they're certainly going bad right now. But we're not going great either. And we showed that when things go bad, teams like that find a way to win games too. I mean, sometimes you give it to them. (laughs) Right? Yep. We certainly gave it to them today. But let's go ahead and and slow down a little bit because I know that we're going to have a hard time doing that today. But let's slow down a little bit. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about, shoot, uh, starting pitching and wins and curses and whatever. I'm going to talk about coaching decisions, whether they're good or bad. I'm going to talk about it. Maybe. I think we're going to get into it. Umpires, uh, errors. We got a lot. So if you have any thoughts on any of those things, (laughs) catchers, (laughs) stick around. Uh, But I have a feeling I'm probably going to do most of this episode with my voice raised a little bit. I'm just... Uh, add the fact that I don't like rain. Wait a minute. Should I be happy? <laughs> I got a new <laughs> baby born on Monday. Yeah. yeah. And then, then the pirates fall apart. All right. Uh, why don't you take us through some Bucks Clippers here? You have that in front of you, right? I sure do. So Roberto Perez has been added to the 10-day IL for now. They're expecting he's going to be on there for some some. some uh, some substantial time. Yeah. There we go. But for now, it's the 10-day. Michael Perez got added to the 40-man roster and called up to the major leagues. In turn, we had to designate Sam Howard for assignment to make room for Perez. And Max Kranick called up for Saturday's doubleheader as the 27th man. That's what we got. All right, so I'm going to start off with Detroit. It's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, we split the doubleheader. To me, this is okay. This is what happens. You split doubleheaders. Yep. Even even Saturday, I will say this. We've talked about this a million times. When you when you get to the major league, uh, when you're talking major league games and you're talking even numbers, it usually means that it's hard to do. Like it's hard to sweep four games. It's mm-hmm. hard to sweep two games. It just seems to be like more times than not. A two-game series is going to be split. You know what I mean? Uh, More times than not. Probably. It's it's not as hard to sweep a two-game series. It's hard to sweep a two-game series in one day. Uh, Well, uh, yeah, but I'm going to get there too. Doubleheaders for sure are hard to sweep. Yeah. Two-game series are easier to sweep than that. Four-game series are even harder to sweep than either of the other two. Yeah. In this case, our two-game series ended up being a doubleheader. <laughs> and once that happened, you were like, well, I was kind of okay with a split. Now I'm like, it's almost inevitable. Like, yeah. that's what it turns into. It's not inevitable. We could have won both of those games. 
Yeah. Absolutely could have won both of those games. Should have won both of those games. We really yep. should have. And we didn't because we had errors. Bad timing errors, too. We had the Tucker fielding error, and then Key Brian Hayes just flat-out whiffed on that chopper. It's yeah. a bad error. Now, he giveth and he taketh away in that way. I mean, Key Brian Hayes, to me, when you talk about the plays that he does make, I tend to say, like, yeah, physical errors happen. It's a bummer. Really, even Cole Tucker is a solid defender. Yeah. He has two errors this season. That one, which was rough, and then a throwing error, which shouldn't have been a throwing error. So, whatever. Our first baseman's not in this game, but they're absolutely killing us on errors. Yeah. And when you look at the errors, it's like, oh, well, yeah, we made three errors, but two of them were guys' first errors. Like, it's just spread out. The whole team's making errors. We're, we will get into that, I think. Um, but either way, Ben Gamble loves doubleheaders. <laughs> he started this on <laughs> he Wednesday. Sure does. But we were going to come into this podcast and we were going to talk about Dylan Peters. Mm -hmm. And we were going to say, boy, Dylan Peters could stretch out and really become a starter. This guy is unbelievable. Well, more on Dylan Peters. I don't know that I'm saying like, oh yeah, one outing, I'm changing my mind. He looked good. He went three and a third, four strikeouts, a walk and a hit. They took him out. They went to Bryce Wilson. Dude, Bryce Wilson, what the heck is up with him following a, an opener? specifically Peters, he's like a completely different pitcher. Yeah. Does that mean that, and this is a, this is a real question for you. Does that mean that Bryce Wilson may actually be a decent reliever? If he also came into the role that you see Cole, that you are uh, not Cole Tucker, uh, Will Crow Will and, and Dylan Peters, coincidentally of those guys kind of embodying this multiple inning reliever. Do you think that he could be, or do you think, well, no, he still prepped as if it was a start and just came in in the third inning or fourth inning. I mean, no, I, I mean, I can see him turning into a guy like that. I mean, I think that I think it is an option to look at, um, because no matter what, no matter where you look at it, even if you are preparing for a start, there's still a lot of things you can't do when you're coming in in the third or fourth inning. So to prepare, let me but, ask you this: Are some guys? Because you you mentioned before, we've talked about this, and you said starting pitchers have a routine. They're they're all about their routine. They have to they have to do certain things to be ready to pitch, and they, it's a mindset thing. And they need that time. They have to know they get the ball. Likewise, are there guys? And I I mean I I think this is a little bit rhetorical because I believe that there are. Are there guys who need to not know when they're pitching, and just say? I gotta have mo I gotta have adrenaline. I gotta throw less pitches. Well, I think is the biggest thing about relief pitching, right? Is that yeah. I have four pitches when I'm a starter, but if I'm a reliever and I only have to face guys once, I can get away with two. So I only throw my good ones. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that's what a lot of them are, uh, two or three. And and you kind of go off of that. But these guys aren't those guys. I think Will Crow knows the days that he's gonna pitch. Will Crow, I think, starting to get starting to bleed into some other things because he's been doing so well. But I think some of these multi-reliever, uh, multiple-inning relievers, uh, like even Bryce Wilson in this scenario, he knows the day that he's going to do this. Sure. So there's a mindset of, I know that I'm going to pitch today. You're not going to catch me off guard. I know I'm going today. Yeah. But I don't know when. So I can't really prepare in the same way. They're, 
Do you think that that could be a recipe of something? And I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago where it's like you can't do this over and over and over again. But could that be another way to get a guy to to prepare differently that might actually help him do well? Yeah. I mean, that's that's always a – I mean, it's it's obviously working, so. Right. I mean, I've seen I, it a couple times. I do times, see yeah. that as – could just be his his comfort zone. I, I you know I don't. Well, I think I think maybe for Bryce Wilson is I mean maybe it's getting him out of his comfort zone. Could be. These guys, I think sometimes they're getting comfortable, and maybe that's the problem. You've you've taken Bryce Wilson out of his comfort zone, and he's pitched better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just something to think about. It's something to kind of pay attention to. But I feel like. There might be something to that when we get these guys into a different role and just say, you're coming in, but we don't really know when because the first time Peters went two innings and then it was Wilson's ball. This time, they let Peters roll a little bit. They said, nah, he's going good. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought, well, maybe they're stretching him out. But we'll see. Uh, I think that you know, short-term things are hard to make calls on, and we're going to get into what happened today and and all that stuff. Uh Boy, thir- I have Wednesday, Thursday. They were both on Thursday. Yeah, they were both Thursday. Both Wednesday. No. Yeah, both Wednesday. Both Wednesday, yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, Quintana thought he had the win there, thought it was going to go that way. Just can't, dude. We just can't get a starter with a win. Thompson right. comes in, and we take the lead right after he comes in, which was interesting. Thompson coming into a relief appearance. I was like, what? I, I thought for sure demoted. <laughs> and I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not going to try to pretend to know. Bednar goes two innings. Uh, that was awesome. Gets the save. They let him off the hook. What, did he throw seven pitches in his first inning? It was like, oh now he's definitely got it. Yeah. You had a Vogel back home run. Uh, Gamble kept hitting, and he continued that in, in the doubleheader in Cincinnati. Roberto Perez hit another homer. Blah, blah. And Brian Reynolds, I got to tell you, man, the good thing about hitting around 200 is you can go one for four and raise your batting average. <laughs> and more errors in that game. Van Meter, Diego Castillo with errors. Just Van Meter booted it. Castillo sailed it. Um, say what you want about uh, about Chavis at first on that one. He had to jump for it. Possibly if you have a taller first baseman, maybe that play's made. If he doesn't have to jump as high and can come down on the bag, it's possible. It looked like he almost was there, but that's because Castillo catches a ball. He kind of pumps, 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 and then throws. Why hurry? He pumped so many times he had to throw it hard. Just throw the ball. If you're going to set your feet, you ought to be able to throw a strike. Part of that, too, is he's pumping and he stands upright. As soon as you stand upright as as a fielder on that side of the field, you're going to throw high almost every time. Yeah, Andy goes over for it to plate for 233. He's down to 233 on that day, and it kept going down from there. And, um, you know, he's he's getting – this is what we expected to see. He's going to have to take his lumps, and then we have to see him bounce back. And that's, yep. what, that's what you do at the major league level. Uh, he is outmatched a little bit right now, but I, I just feel like as a hitter he's going to be okay. Uh, but this is what rookies are like. I know we we say a lot of times, oh, just bring up this guy. He's got to be better than them. This is a different animal, man. It's not that easy to to hit at the major league level. And Castillo's showing you that right now. That he's still a good hitter. 
And I think, yeah. I think, I'm not 100% sure, I think he'll be okay. But he's showing you that it's not always, it's not always easy as just bringing him up and letting him hit. It's not that easy. Yeah. You, They're going to have to go through growing pains. You don't bring a guy up and he's just major league ready. It Ever. happens sometimes, but not with a guy like Diego Castillo. Even even if even if he, he finds success right away, everybody's still developing. You still have to develop at the major league level, right? And what you're saying is, unicorns aside, we're not talking about yeah. Mike Trout. We're not talking about Juan Soto. We're not talking about Bryce Harper, right? And people could say, "Well, Bryce Harper struggled. Well, he's always been who he is." Yeah, you know what I mean. He, you know that. But we're not talking about those kind of guys. We're not. We're talking about. Diego Castillo's, but you even yeah. look look around. I mean, C.J. Abrams, a top prospect, he's had his struggles. Bobby Witt Jr.'s had Bobby his struggles. Julio Rodriguez, uh, what was that? I was I was gonna say Bobby Witt Jr. Oh, well. Bobby, yeah, yeah. So like, there's there's guys, you know, even these guys who are like, they're gonna be fine. They're gonna be great yeah. players. We're gonna talk about them for a long time, and they're struggling too. So. I wouldn't think too much of it. Anyway, Spencer Torkelson just spent some time on the bench because he's trying to get a reboot. Yeah. Another big, big prospect. It's, it's just the way it goes. Right. So anyway, let's get to Cincinnati. Rain out on Friday. Um, you you could have set the tone. I, I actually, when Friday's rain out happened, I thought, well, now you can win a series where yeah. I really thought we were setting ourselves up to go two and two this weekend and once it once friday was was postponed i thought mm, we could win a series here but it, in the back of my mind i also knew gosh if we lose this series we're all going to be ticked and that's exactly what happened we're all and ticked that's, that's what you told me too i said hey i got my ticket for monday night and you're like well if we lose this series you're gonna be one of 16 people there yep that's right and that uh, might well, be the case Oh hey, me and the uh, me and the wife and the other fourteen people there will have a party. Yeah, hope so. Watching, watching the Dodgers. Oh my gosh! It, you know what the very pirate thing to do would be? Mm-hmm. Take that series. We're gonna yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't either. But I mean, I wouldn't be. I would be happy to get a win. Hopefully Monday. For you. <laughs> Not for me. I picked Julio Urias to get. Oh no, you picked Urias to get a Cy Young. Yeah. So you actually kind of have a little bit yeah, of a. You can give up one run and we can throw a shot out. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fair. Wins hey, and losses don't matter. Happen. No, they don't. I'm, I actually mean that <laughs> they don't matter. Actually, he can go eight strong and you can win, hit a walk off, and it's not his fault. There you go. Even then, wins and losses don't matter for Cy Young awards. But anyway, Brew Baker. This is the crazy thing. Brubaker goes five innings. Thompson goes five innings. And we can't get a win in either game. The two games we lost, our starter went five innings. And and winning? And, and winning? And the game that we won. Uh, no, he didn't. He was in the fifth. He didn't get out of the fifth. Quintana went five innings. Oh, on third. Yeah, I'm sorry. It then, yes. The uh, the two, yeah. the I'm talking on the weekend. Oh, the I two gotcha. games that we lost, our starters went five innings against Cincinnati. The game that we won, our starter didn't go five innings. Yeah. We're cursed. Our starting pitchers are not going to win a game until June. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Because we're going to make sure that this record can't be broke. That's unbelievable, man. It's, yeah, it's unbelievable. 
Uh, all right. So uh, just Saturday, the the game game one set everything up to be absolutely awful. Brubaker's lights out, but he does give up three lights out. He what I mean is Brubaker had his stuff. Nine nine punch yeah. outs, only walked. Uh, I think he only walked. No, he walked two guys. But it just felt like Brubaker was Brubaker, right? He has his things. Um, I, I'm I'm trying to trying to keep my keep my thoughts here. He gave up the runs in the first inning. Mm-hmm. He just gave up. I'm trying to remi- I'm trying to remember this. I've got three runs. He didn't give up three. He only gave up two. Yeah, my notes. I have three earned runs. That's why I'm confused here. I apologize to everybody. You're like, what? What the heck is this guy doing? He only gave up two <laughs> runs. I have three. So anyway, gave up the two runs, uh, and they were both in the first inning. So it just continues to be the first inning stuff. And then we only scored two in the whole game, so we can't we can't get anywhere. Um, but this game was all about the Andrew Knapp Roberto Perez fiasco that really set the table for the whole weekend. That yeah. set the table for the whole weekend. The The umpires were awful. Oh, they were terrible. And I've never seen two games back-to-back with two different umpires at that be that bad and favor one team. Yeah. We, we talk all the time, like, you know, just baseball fans, we talk all the time about what's his face and how Agent terrible he is. is. Yeah, and how terrible he is. But he's terrible both ways. Right. And I looked this up, and I'll actually, if you're on the YouTube, I'm, I'll share my screen here because I looked this up. I have the scorecards from those two games, and and just talking about both the games the of the doubleheaders, the umpire scorecards for those two games. Will Little in the first game, his overall accuracy was 93%. The average is 94%. Really not that bad when you think of it that way. You're probably thinking that's not too bad. His overall consistency, however, was 91%. Average is 94% where you're kind of like, that's not too far. That number can can sweat. Like, it's not close. It's I know no. it's only 3%, but that they're usually closer than that. Mm-hmm. But the runs for, and they do an overall favor, and there's a, there's a, right in the middle, it says plus 2.25 runs for Cincinnati. Now, this is an estimate. It doesn't mean that Cincinnati actually got two extra runs. And you could sit right. here and say, the score was 9-2. to two. It didn't make a difference in the game. There's a lot of momentum things that happen. There's so there's impactful missed calls on these. Um, if you've ever looked at these umpire scorecards, there's a there's a zone rating. All these things. I retweeted both of these guys, uh, both of these scorecards. So if you guys want to look at these and you're listening, um, check them out. But these heavily favored Cincinnati, and I'm going to be careful with how I say this because there's one thing that I've always said: you cannot blame umpires for losing a game. The umpires did not cost us the game here. Andrew Knapp getting thrown out and Roberto Perez getting injured cost us this game. Yeah. And in my mind, it's 100% cost us this game because Will Crow pitching to Josh Van Meter in that inning. Van Meter, he's like, I felt like it didn't go that bad. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you right now, pitching to a professional catcher and having a cadence with a catcher is huge mm-hmm. for pitchers. Will Crow looked fine. He got out of one inning, he pitched a clean inning, and then he goes out there for his third inning, and it was really like, you you talk about, well, what Van Meter did was gutsy. I'll give you credit all day for stepping up and doing it. 
what I what I can't give you credit for is being good. And that that's a fine line. There was a lot of that saying, oh, he was great last night stepping up into that role. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'll give you credit for stepping up, but it stops there. You were not good. Yeah, it was, nothing, it was pretty bad. Nothing happened like really, really bad. But there were calls that, you know, you if you can't frame a pitch, kudos for the effort. It stops there, man. And they talked mm-hmm. it like it was a great thing considering, they say, well, considering the situation. Well, that's fine, but it was still bad because it goes yeah. way beyond not getting strikes. Like the, you see these balls down here. Those are two of them are in the eighth inning with him catching that mm-hmm. are, that are strike is called a ball. Strike is called a ball. Crow to Stevenson. Both of those dude, those were simply on van meter. Yeah. Like entirely. But not and, only and it's, that, it's not a, it's not saying we're not talking bad about van meter right now. I mean, he was thrown into an impossible situation, impossible situation. But not to mention, you have a cadence. He's throwing fingers down, and it's kind of like, yeah, I'm learning your pitches right now. And mm-hmm. if you're Will Crow, you're scared to death to bounce a pitch. Yeah. So you're gonna miss, and that was where you start getting into that into that situation. But those he can't frame that. And and we we've talked about this before. I believe we've talked about this before. But if you talk to anybody who's talking catcher and they talk about pitch framing, it is less about stealing strikes. And more about getting your strikes. Yeah. Making sure that the one that's on the corner, that you get it. That you don't just with your glove and then they call it a ball when really it was a strike. Yeah. That's what framing is mostly about. Sure, you can steal some too, but it's more about making sure that the ones that are there get called. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what he wasn't able to do, which put us behind in counts and things like that. But it's just, here. here's what I will say, too. The reason the Reds have been struggling was in that inning. There's part of it there. Why did you not just steal? As soon as you got a base runner on, you should have stole second. He ain't going to throw you out. Well, and, and they brought this up during the game, and I, and I, and I kind of get it a little bit. I mean, if you just wait it out, he's probably going to, you're probably just going to be given that base. You're given that base anyway. I would be surprised if he even tries to throw you out. And if he does, he might throw it to Brian Reynolds. Might. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm stealing there. In a tie game where I, I'm I'm three and twenty two, you better <laughs> believe I'm taking second base. Yeah. I thought about and it. There too, is and, no, and there I there is and I no respect. Steal. There is no respect move. You know what I'm saying? There's no like yeah. I respect you know, out of courtesy for you in the, there's none of that. You're three and no. twenty two. Right. You have to win a Major League Baseball game. You're going to steal sack. I cannot believe they weren't running. But that's David Bell for you. That's none, nothing that he's ever done that I've ever seen has made any sense. He's <laughs> awful. Anyway. Give him an extension. Yeah, and they extended him, which shows why the Reds are who they are right now. Uh, the Reds are, first off, let me just say this. I, I know that a lot of Pirates fans, I know you guys hate the Reds. I know you hate Cincinnati. I'm a baseball fan. And the Reds are a historic organization who, in my opinion, a very successful organization. They may not be doing things right now, whatever, whatever you want to think, but I'm going to tell you right now that they're, they're good as much as you can say. And, and Pirates fans who say that they hate the Reds and that they're an awful organization and blah, 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 that you're the same Pirate fans who will say the same thing about the Pirates organization. So, 
you're you're consistent and that's fine. But I tend to say that the history of the Pittsburgh Pirates is very rich and they're a very mm-hmm. important franchise for Major League Baseball. And the Reds are too. There's a lot of things that the Reds have done for the game of baseball. I mean, talk about the first team to even pay players. You know what I'm saying? Like the Cincinnati Reds organization, the first team to have lights at their stadium. Like there's a lot. There's a rich, rich history in Cincinnati and Pittsburgh and both organizations. So I'm not just sitting here like, I don't think by any means the Reds are the laughing stock of baseball. As much as I don't think the Pirates are. That's I just wanted to say that. Because I think it's, I think that we get caught up in like, what what are you doing right now? Dude, that's not what baseball is. They've won their championships. The Big Red Machine's no joke. You know what I'm saying? That's all. Whatever. I give credit where it's due. And yes, they're not good right now, but even just as much as last year, they would have been in the postseason in the in the format that it is today. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Laugh about it what way it's going right now. That's fair. That's fair. A hundred percent fair. But that's all. Uh, anyway, back to these things. This is why you can't blame umpires. Because that score, 2.25 runs in favor of Cincinnati in the first game. How about the game that we won? 2.61. Which, by the way, is the absolute worst performance by any umpire. Not performance. Uh, what do you say? How do you say it? The worst in favor of one team of the season? Yeah. Is that does that make sense to you guys? No other umpire this far or in this season so far has favored a team as much as Rob Drake did in the second game of that doubleheader, and we won that game eight to five. Probably would have been worse had those runs not gone because because they were some pretty crazy ones. I couldn't believe back to back games were that bad in favor of one team, and we started looking through before we hit record here. We started looking through some of these scorecards. Recently, the Reds have been getting a lot of favorable calls. And I wonder mm-hmm. if the umpires are saying like, yeah, they're they're on hard times. To me, that's not okay. It's not okay. You can't do that. And not at the professional level. And I'll and I'm gonna say this right now, and then we can move on from the umpires. Because that's a I have this, I'll pull this up too. These are favor, and this is home. 2.25, 2.61. Why is this not? 2.61, 2.28 was Washington-Miami on the 27th. April April 27th, Gabe Morales was 2.28 runs in favor of Washington. But Rob Drake was 2.61, 2.25 for Will Little. And if we go to this one, 2.34 in the middle of all that was in favor of St. Louis in Miami was Tom Hallion, where it was favor. Those are the only four games so far that have been over two runs in favor of somebody. So these were like very, very top four bad games in favor of a team, both games. Absolutely ridiculous. And and Will Little, in my opinion, deserves way more because he throws out Knapp. When Knapp was yelling at the third base umpire, and I'm sorry, if you can't take get your head out of your bleep, if you can't take that as an umpire, you're throwing out a backup catcher. You know who he is. He looked mm-hmm. at when Shelton went out there to argue, he said, Who are you throwing out? He even said, Your backup catcher as an umpire. Now, say what you want. Maybe you'll disagree with me here. As an umpire, if you know it's the backup catcher, you got to have a little leeway there. 
Yeah. You can't throw out a backup catcher for saying something that now if he if he goes off, but that's not that's thin skinned. That's crap. Yeah. That's crap. And I think if you knew it was the backup catcher, I'm sorry. There's got to me, there has to be a little first off, you shouldn't be throwing anybody out for that. Second, you're the one that's bad. They should be complaining. And the and the scorecard shows that. Yeah. But last, if you know it's the backup catcher, dude, you got I think I think you gotta have a little bit of you gotta have a little bit more of a like, I'm not gonna do that. Don't yeah. you think? Give him a little more of a leash. Does that tell you even more so that he was trying to stick it to the pirates? I don't know. I don't know if he was trying to stick it to the pirates as much as he was just trying to help the Reds get a win. Like I, I don't know if it was as much about like, the pirates yeah. as the Reds. Do you feel like that? I hate saying that. Oh, I know. I hate putting I, I that on too. somebody. I don't but, like I mean, that you look at, at all. Scorecards. I mean, we we look through them. The Reds are getting calls all over the place. Ah, I hate that. That can't be real. It has to be a coincidence. Has to be. I I just have a really hard time believing that there are professionals out there who are doing that. And I and I and I, I say that you. because I am I've always said it's never on the umpire. And 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 that goes to rec league things and everything. It's like, dude, I don't care. You you have right. opportunities. You have opportunities. Take advantage of the opportunities that you have and you'll win. And it's not always, you're not going to win everything. So I don't know. But this was, this was eerie to me. It felt like, so, so I'm going to finish the umpire talk because I feel that way. Um, Robo umps. I know this is a big thing. A lot of Twitter went off on Saturday saying, I can't wait for the automated strike zone. I can't wait for the automated strike zone. Things that happened on Saturday are things where I'm starting to wonder, are they doing this on purpose? We've seen more of these scorecards be bad this year, and maybe we're just focusing on it because we know that there is a thing called an automated strike zone and that can be in place. The tech is there. So are we more aware, and are we are we less, um, I don't know, I don't know. I'm struggling for words here. Is it the awareness that's making us say, now we see how bad they are. When really, like, all of these percentages are in the 90s. Like, they're still good. Right. Yeah. But there are bad calls that are happening, and I feel like sometimes we're saying, well, they're so bad because we're aware of what it could be. Um, now, I will say this, guys. A lot of those calls that happened this weekend are, are right off the plate. Yeah. And, yeah, a lot of them, he's on that corner. He should not have missed that. And when they're missing on one side and not the other, like what for one team and not the other is another thing. But I'm going to tell you the automated strike zone, that strike zone's bigger. Like it's not the same box you're seeing on the TV. The strike zone's bigger. A lot of those pitches are being called strikes with the automated strike zone too. They're just being called both ways. Yeah. The other thing is I, that I don't like and say what you want. The human element is very important to me. The catching position is very important to me. Um, Greg Maddox will tell you if I'm going good, I get a couple inches on the outside and people say that's bull crap, but I say, mm, maybe, maybe not. Maybe right. it is today more than it was then. But what I think is bull crap is if I'm set up inside and you hit the outside corner, that's not a strike. People say go yeah. over the, and you can make the argument that it goes over the plate and that's a fair argument. However, 
I'm saying you have to earn your strike. If I'm set up on the inside corner and you throw it over the outside corner, you missed your spot, you're not getting it. Sometimes, maybe, but if you're doing that, if you're all over the place and then you miss that, I'm not giving it to you. That is the human element that I believe belongs there. Here's the other one. If it's the eighth inning and you're calling two inches off the outside corner all game long, then it's on the hitter to swing at that pitch from now on. Yeah. And I made this point. If it's two inches off the outside corner, that is a very hittable pitch. The barrel reaches that far. Very, very hittable pitch. Yep. Is it a is it a pitch you can hit over the fence? No, but I'm also sick of baseball and baseball fans being, I'm only swinging at pitches I can hit over the fence. Yeah. Reach out there, poke one over the infield, and be an actual hitter. It's fair. A pitch that's two inches off the outside corner is a hit the other way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be 90 miles an hour off the bat. You can get hits that are 80 miles an hour off the bat. It's okay. It's okay. It's called hitting. It's called hitting in baseball. It's hard. So if a guy's calling it off the outside corner, swing at it because he's going to keep calling it off the outside corner. That's how you learn what an umpire does. It's part of the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. That is part of the game. Anyway, uh, this weekend, I'm kind of like, yeah, you know what? The way that I deal with umpires and the human element, I could probably deal with the automated strike zone too <laughs> because I can't have it one-sided. It's coming, and I'll be fine when it comes. However, I, I, I just can't sit here and yell, get the automated strike zone in place just because one guy's bad when yeah. when when a lot of these times our hitters are watching balls that they've called a strike all night and then they're still I'll complaining about it. them i'll it, struggle with the automated right but i'll also struggle with these guys so you know what i'm saying like i think that there are gives and takes in both ways but i think that ultimately it goes on the hitter if you're watching a pitch that he's called a strike all night in the 8th inning and you complain about it i'm sorry buddy but this is baseball it's always been that way hitters all the time know that's why the leadoff hitter watches pitches because he can say, hey, he's calling him a little bit away. Hey, this umpire likes him a little high. Hey, this umpire's calling him low. You're going to have to swing at that. That's literally part of baseball. Mm-hmm. So swing the bat. Yep. Quit waiting for walks. You're the problem. You're what makes baseball boring. How many games have we played this year where all the runs scored were solo home runs? That stinks. Yeah. Cut it out. Hit the ball. Anyway. Umpires don't cost you games, even though they were absolutely awful this weekend. What cost us was injuries and Nat being thrown out, which is also the umpire's fault. So whatever. <laughs> you also scored two runs. Sorry. Yeah. You got to score. Got to get four. <laughs> you start with four. The game changes <laughs> if you get four. The game changes if Nap doesn't get thrown out too. Also to be said, which Nap owned up to that. If you're the backup catcher, you probably should shut up too. Yeah. You're not the person to argue. <laughs> right. I'm listen, there's a lot to say about these games. I have not expressed everything. I I, I just want to throw this out there too, as, as far as a coaching decision. I'm not sending Will Crow out there to throw to Van Meter. His day's done at that point. I'm bringing somebody else in. But you're almost saying like who you get. I don't know. Whoever you're sending out there. It's not what good. you're doing is you're playing favorites at that point. And Will Crow may have been like, hey, man, I'll, I'll battle this. I'll work with him and battle this. Maybe. I have no idea. We're not in those dugouts. 
Right. Um, yeah, coaching decisions. When we go to today's game where Thompson, everybody says we should have left him out there because Dylan Peters didn't have it. I'm sorry, Dylan Peters has been awesome this year. Yeah. He goes out there, gives up a blue pit, and then he walks three guys. Nobody saw that coming. No. And and Noah, by the way, Noah, Noah, wake up. It's time for your next class. No, Noah, uh, Reitz underscore Noah on Twitter. Wake up. Time for your next class. <laughs> and I'm calling him out right now. He said he fell asleep listening to our podcast last week, guys. Uh, I'm also calling him out um, and telling him to wake up because we had a discussion a little bit on Twitter today where he said, why didn't you leave Thompson in? And then his, it was hilarious. I mean, we were all frustrated. So I'm not like, I'm not saying that Noah's unreasonable, right? <laughs> he, he's frustrated too. And out of frustration, he said, fire Shelton, fire Sherrington. They're done. And I'm like, well, they weren't pitching in that game. And I, and I want to get like, let's not say that this was Shelton's fault for bringing in Dylan Peters, who's been lights out. If you, right. if you were watching the, the broadcast, I was like, dude, like the whole inning's over and Thompson can't breathe. He's completely out of breath. We can't send him back out there. Turns out, they said after the game, he was like, he was sick before the game. And it's like, kudos to you for the performance that you put up. I kind of want to make him <laughs> sick every time now because that's the best he's pitched this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, part of that was a struggling Cincinnati lineup too. But Dylan Peters goes out there. Nobody saw that. The bloop single, whatever. How do you walk three straight guys? Two of them on five pitches. He, he just yeah. didn't have it. How? I mean, I don't understand how it happens. He's been so good. He's tagged for four runs without getting an out, and he still has a two sixteen ERA. No one saw that coming. I would have thought this is a good move. Yeah. So hindsight's twenty twenty on this. I know we're very critical of these kind of things, dude. I'm telling you, something weird. I have no idea how something like this happened other than the fact that our starters are cursed. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's absolutely unbelievable. I can't believe it. I And then Colin Moran, of all people, could have had three home runs this weekend. Sawinski brought one back yet on Saturday. Yeah, that was a heck of a catch. And then he hits the grand slam in that game that totally just, it was over at that point. Oh, yeah. And then he hits a two-run, and then it's just like, guys, two runs on Saturday in the game we lost. Three runs today on the game we lost. We scored eight in the game we won. You got to score runs. And and we could say what we want. Uh, excuse me. We could say what we want about all these things. When when Thompson left the game, the Pirates had one hit. And it was a Michael Perez two-run homer. Uh, all right. I'm going to finish on Michael Perez right there. Uh, let's take a break and talk about catchers. Yeah. All right. And then we'll, we'll just wrap this thing up. Uh, a lot of frustration. I have so much more to say about this weekend and how bad it was. But, you know, at some point you have to stop. So I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. Obviously, we always say this, but hit us up. Uh, but let's take a break for a minute. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Audio podcast available on your favorite podcast platform. Video podcast available on YouTube. Follow us on the socials and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, take a couple minutes for a review. We'll be right back. Swearingen Bat Company is Ohio's premier wood bat company, specializing in custom wood bats to meet any need from T-ball to senior league. 
Check out their website at SwearingenBaseball.com. Link is in the show notes. Twitter and Instagram at SwearingenBats. You can also find them on Facebook. Swearingen Bat Company, that's SwearingenBaseball.com. Let them know you heard it here. And we are back. So we said we're going to talk about catching. Let's talk about catching. Roberto Perez, we talked about at the beginning of this year. It's just a matter of time until he gets hurt. And here we are. And that has nothing to do with previous injuries, which is the one thing that kind of throws me off. Because you say, well, he's been favoring this because he had this thing and it's been bothering. This is a brand new injury. Yeah. So you have two things you can say. He's either just flat out injury prone or this sucks. I, you know what I mean? Bummer for him. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Because yeah. at some point you got to say like, if it has nothing to do with a pre-existing injury, I don't know. He's a catcher. It's rough. He's a catcher. It's a hamstring. We saw this coming. Whether we were right or not, like whether this is actual, you know what I'm saying? Whether this is just a freak thing or what? We knew this was going to happen. We knew our situation was so bad that this was going to hurt. I mean, he came into the year saying, I hope I can catch 120 games. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you got to know that he's, he's been dealing with some injuries throughout his career. Whether this has anything to do with the previous ones or not. Things happen to this guy. Why do you say that? Because, like, I know 120 games for our catcher is a lot of games. Yeah, I mean, Stallings caught 110 last year. Yeah. But just the fact, like, I mean, he's setting a goal to play games. Yeah, okay. So I was going to say, when he says 120 games, that that means he feels good. Yeah. If a catcher says, I'm going to catch 120 games, I'm saying, okay, he feels good. I kind of... Yeah, I kind of took it as not quite like that. I was thinking about, you know, this guy knows he's injured. He knows he gets injured. His goal this year is to not get injured. Yeah, yeah. That, but that I, I guess that's where I'm at. Games. I want to not get injured. Yeah, because you know you're not playing both sides of a doubleheader. You knew that there were doubleheaders this year. Yeah, you're you not know that day night. Yeah, you know you're not playing the day game after a night game you know that you're also going to just get days off on long, you know what I mean? So as a catcher, if you say, I'm going to catch 120 games right in today's game, I'm saying Mm -hmm. you feel good. Yeah. So that's fine. This is not one of those. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I would chalk this up to baseball is a game that's meant to be played every day. And then you like your days off. Pirates went Monday off, Tuesday off. Played two games on Wednesday, had Thursday off, had Friday off. That's awful. Yeah. That's what us slow-pitch softball guys deal with and why we get hurt all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Because we barely play, and then we go all out for a doubleheader one day, sit for two days, have a doubleheader another day, and you pull a hammy. Like, that. that's what happened here. Mm -hmm. Right? Because he's not playing. So, kind of interesting Surprised it doesn't happen with more guys. I mean, this was a bad situation. Two days yeah. off doubleheader, two days off doubleheader. That's not a recipe for anything to be. I mean, hitters, you're not. Yeah, especially in the pros because they're not they're not accustomed to the doubleheaders, period. They but can I'm, deal with them. Yeah. But, but even to have so, two like, in one week with a bunch of days, like it's just, that's rough. For me, it's more about the days off because you got guys who, uh, you know, you, you like to see the ball. Hitting is about getting yeah. into a rhythm. Yeah, dude, your dog, man, he loves that bone. 
just going ham on it. <laughs> I apologize. You're fine. So anyway, uh, so here we are. Regardless of how it happened and, and the whole situation entirely with Van Meter and the and, and Nap and all that stuff. Here we are. Michael Perez comes up, actually has three good at bats, takes a walk, hits a well, hits a home run first on a nine pitch at bat, lasers a ball to right field for his other out, and, and takes a walk. And it's like that's three good at bats for Michael Perez, and we expected him not to be able to hit the broad side of a barn with a baseball bat. So I'm not saying that's going to continue. He has been hitting well. Yeah. But if you're saying Michael Perez is temporary, what else is there? Right. We're not in any position to make any type of trade. Because, I mean, even if Perez is out for a while, Roberto, Mm -hmm. you know, he's going to come back and he's going to be our starter when he's ready. Yeah, but anybody that you're going to trade for isn't going to be a starter a starter, quote unquote. Right. It's going to be a guy who would then go be a backup. Right. Um. So e- even then, I guess, I guess where I'm at is, is it worth it? No. We're staring. I mean, we're, we're staring like a good a good year for us right now. At this point, we're, we're staring at like seventy wins, and we're saying like, okay, this is what we kind of thought. Mm-hmm. Neither what? one of us projected us to be five hundred. Oh my goodness, no. You know what I mean? Not no, even close. That's not that's not an option this year. But but even if it's not, I don't think the Pirates projected them to be five hundred. The players are gonna go out there and play and try to win games. But Absolutely. I think if, if you're a front office putting this team together, you're saying we've got another year where we're probably not gonna fare very well. But mm-hmm. but the importance of this season, and we've talked about this a bunch, is getting a bunch of these young guys time. Mm-hmm. Diego Castillo, you're looking at it now. Jack Sawinski, you're looking at it now. Not that those were necessarily how they planned to do it, but what you're seeing from those players is flashes of what they can be, but an overall, like, we're, we've we all said at one point, like, I, I think I like Sawinski. He looks good. Guys, he's hitting 219. Mm-hmm. We're saying we like him because we understand that this is what young players do. They yeah. hit 219. If you want him to do well, he has to have a little bit of time in the major leagues to understand what it's like so that he can do well. Knowing that as we bring up guys, O'Neill Cruz, whoever we bring up, Rodolfo Castro, um, whether Canyon Smith gets some time, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? When you start getting these guys coming up, they're going to struggle first m- most of the time. And then they're going to, so that in 23 and 24, we can start to see them get their game up. Yeah. So even knowing, even if we're very hyped, like a guy like O'Neill Cruz is super hyped to bring him up. He's going to come up and he, he's probably going to struggle. He's going to have to adjust. So, so the same sort of things, like those guys aren't going to come up and be automatic. We don't have Mike Trout sitting in the minors. It's It's not there. Right. You know what I mean? We don't have that guy. That's like, Hey guys, uh, you know, but even so, we talked about this a little bit. Bobby Witt Jr. right now was the number one prospect in all of baseball, and he's struggling. He's finding his feet. Mm-hmm. This is how it goes. And so when you looked at projecting for this season, you expected to not win a lot of games. Right. Uh, the over-under for this team is 64 and a half. Now, you and I have said, oh, we think they might find their footing at some point and, and maybe possibly get to 70 games. That's our optimistic view on how many games they're going to win. 
Do I feel like that's in jeopardy? No, 70 wins is really bad. So they're, they're on that projection <laughs> to be really bad. So yeah. I'm not, you know, it's not like I'm over optimistic saying that they're, I mean, some people would say I am that they're saying 58 wins. Okay. That's, you know, that's your thing. And I'm just saying right now they look bad. They're going to go on hot streaks too. They're going to go on bad streaks and they're going to be bad. I'm not saying they're going to be good. I'm saying they're going to win 70 games. That's bad. Right. So let's not say that I'm saying that, oh, they're a good team. I'm very, no, I know what they are. I know that we're going to go through growing pains. I'm not going out there and sacrificing guys to go get a catcher who's also going to be bad. Right. I'll just deal with Michael Perez. Yeah, and there's no free agents really out there. No. That's worth signing. Not that's going to do anything different than what Michael Perez is going to do, and and he's a familiar face. Some people would say, I don't want a familiar face. Some people would say, I do want a familiar face for the pitching staff. Some people would say he's bad with the pitching staff. I, I don't really know. I would hope that they do whatever's best for the pitchers, not for the offense. Right. You're not, there is no option right now that's good for the offense. So just give me whatever's best for pitchers, which is not Josh Van Meter, obviously, and not that anybody was saying it was, but that's the point I'm making. <laughs> give me somebody yeah. who's, a, who's, who's good for a pitcher. I don't even care if his frame rate is good or his blocking or he throws guys. I want him to work well with pitchers. I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm talking and I don't even know because it's bad. Uh, you, and we knew this was coming you're there though. I mean, that's, that's where we all are. You just can't, you can't sacrifice the future for something that doesn't matter. And I don't think they're even going right to sacrifice the future. I just think that what's the point. Right. And it, yeah. well, the, no, to your point, because there's a lot of people saying, what's Henry Davis doing this time a year? Guys, let's not, let's no. not ruin him. Right. We can't. He's in Greensboro high A right now with a chance of moving up to double A because he's doing really well. Let's let that happen. There's no reason to bring him up to play on a team who's going to win 70 games. Right. Let him, let him get better. Mm-hmm. And let him, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's just no reason. I just, that's the whole, that's the whole point. There's no reason. Yeah. We're going to be bad. So why rush somebody to play on a bad team and to play poorly on a bad team? Cause he right. will. And even if he does well, how many wins does he add to the team? One, one, two, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I just don't see a point in it. Let this thing happen. Be patient. We aren't, we already knew we were going to be bad. So why are we acting surprised that we're bad? To be fair, I don't, I don't remember that. I'm I'm pretty sure I had the Reds finishing above the Pirates this season. I had the Pirates in dead last in the division when I did my projection. So why am mm-hmm. I surprised? Right now we're doing we're in third place. I don't know if that's today. I don't know if we still are, but because I know we were close with the Cubs. I don't know what they've done, but basically I'm saying I'm sitting here saying like, but the Reds were supposed to be better than us. They really <laughs> were. Yeah. So why, just because they went 3-22, and 22, they went on a really bad run. Maybe this was the beginning of them moving forward. I tend to think maybe not, though, because they didn't really do anything. Like, we, we gave it to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and whether they were our fault or not. Because I still say, you always go back to it's your fault. If Nap doesn't get thrown out, maybe the whole thing, maybe we still win that first game. So 
but I'm not going to put it on Nap. He was frustrated. All we were all frustrated, and he really didn't say anything to get thrown out of a game anyway. Yeah. If Perez doesn't get hurt, so there's a lot of things that happened to make that what it was. And then Dylan Peters today. I mean, am I going to sit here and say Dylan Peters, you're awful? Cut him. He's been great. <laughs> Yeah, he's been really good. So what do you do? You know what I mean? Do you DFA him because he had one bad outing? Come on. This is not football. This is a marathon. This is a completely yep. different sport. We can't sit here and, and act like whatever happens today is going to make a decision for us. No. It's a long season. You have to see things happen for a long time to make decisions on those things. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that I said I was going to talk about that I didn't? Because we're here at an hour now. And I'm and I and 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 quite frankly, I've always said, and we've said this, we we try to look at things in a positive mindset on this podcast. We try to be positive mm-hmm. because we like our team, but we know that there's going to be times that we're frustrated. Absolutely. And this is one of those times. Yes, the Reds are a major league baseball team. Yes, they probably are going to take a series from other teams too this year. Right? I mean, it's just yeah. that's the that's the baseball. It stinks that it happened. It stinks that it happened the way that it happened. Right. I'd rather we there was some there was some stuff on Twitter about this. I'd rather lose that 21 nothing game than lose that first game the way that we lost it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The to me, Absolutely. the 21 nothing game, that's a laugher and I say, "Ah, stuff happens." Big deal. We won mm-hmm. 3 out of 4. But to lose that game the way we did, to have everything happen and unfold the way that it did this weekend, to have a pitcher who's usually really good go out there and stink, and then to lose the series against a team who just can't seem to win, <laughs> who has who a team, we scored three runs and two runs against a team whose starters have the worst ERA in Major League Baseball and relievers that have the worst ERA in Major League Baseball. Coming into this series, the Pirates... Lost the game 21 to nothing this season, and their run differential was negative 36. Coming into this, this series against the Reds, negative 36 with a game that we lost 21 to nothing. <laughs> if we would have won that game 10 to nothing, we're in the negative 20s. And we were the third worst in the league. Next to us, I think it was the Diamondbacks. Who cares who it was? They were negative 37, just one run different than ours. The Reds were negative 80. In 25 <laughs> games, they were negative 80. Yeah, that that that'll do uh, three and twenty two for you. Exactly, but the th- yeah, they only had three times for a positive number to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but we lost the game twenty one, which just tells you that we also have lost a lot of close games. Yeah. And and that's been talked. That's been said. That's been written. There was an article saying like, hey, the Pirates are actually surprising. They've they've lost a lot of close games. All they have to do is win those games. And I'm like, yeah, but they're not going to. <laughs> don't give them right. credit. Don't don't give them credit. But anyway, that's a. That's what's frustrating. They've been that bad, and we can't score more than two and three, five runs in two games. Yeah. So, how, whatever is the reason, we have to score more than that in a band box. Yeah. yeah. No, I I get it. So anyway, That's, you know that, that not a lot of positive things to talk about. Not a lot. Yeah, we I, did, I, I, errors. We we were going to talk about errors a little bit more. Yeah, that's right. And I, I'm not going to take the time to do it, but I'll, I'll, we're just not going to take the time to do it. Yeah, we're making too many errors. I tend to think that a lot of it's on our first baseman, but whatever. That's all. That's all. We're not gonna. We're not gonna spend time on it. Yeah, no. we'll, we'll leave things unsaid. Um, 
Do you have any closing thoughts? Let's just finish this thing up. Guys, listen, I promise next time it'll be a little more positive, but I just am. It's so weird to me. Like what a roller coaster, you know, you, you have a kid, everything's supposed to be great. And then it rains all week. And then the pirates do this kind of crap on the weekend. So it's a weird week, but Hey, things are great with the baby. The baby's great. I mean, you know, I don't really see much. He cries and he's tiny. Got a little (laughs) head this big. Uh, Coincidentally, our two-year-old just seemed to have grown up this week. He's just a grown up now. I don't know what it is. There's like things that he's doing that I'm like, whoa, 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 where did that come from? (laughs) How did he just be okay with that? I had to take him to a doctor because he had pink eye. Yes, he had pink eye the same week that we had a brand new baby. And we're like, you got to stay away from him. I took him to the doctor. He's a nightmare at the doctor. I take him there this week. He was an actual perfect angel. I'm like, what? <laughs> How did this nice. happen? But anyway, poor kid had to get that gel in his eye all week. Awful. Yeah. Got any closing got things three, here? I got three short things. All right, I'm going to start some tunes for you. Sure. Uh, n- number one, uh, gray hats for Mother's Day. <laughs> Not a fan of the pink pee, but hey. I'd like the gray, the gray hats with the gray yeah, uniforms. Yeah, I'd be okay with nice. the pink on Mother's Day, though. On Mother's Day, I yeah, get it. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, gray hats weren't bad look. All right, what else you got? With the gray unis. Brian Reynolds is starting to hit the ball. And um, the big indicator for me on that was the backside home run. Yeah. He, drove, he took a pitch, and he drove it the other way. It's In a band box. I don't care. Yeah. It's but an out at PNC Park, at but yeah, he's, he's he is looking, looking better. better. I, I think the two home runs were really interesting because they were super weird home runs. It was one that was like barely in the front row, and the other one was barely fair. But nonetheless, two, he hit barrel. Yeah, and he hit two of those really long foul balls a couple and, games. Too, and the which, strikeouts are slowing down, too. Yeah, yeah. He's starting to look better. He's starting to turn that corner. Three... Um, Wife and I will be celebrating our 10 year anniversary this year or this week, and we're gonna catch a Marlins game in in Miami. Oh yeah, it'll be be a good time. Yeah, for sure. And you're going to the game tomorrow night. I'm going to the game tomorrow night. Julio Urias against Quintana. Uh, so we got the Dodgers for three, couple nights and a day game on Wednesday. And then the Reds are coming to Pittsburgh for four games. I think we need to get them back. So we got seven games this week. I'm going to realistically say we go three and four this week. We either take one from the Dodgers somehow, or we take three or four. I'm saying, uh, yeah, or we take three or four from the Reds. Quite frankly, I'd rather, if if that's the case, if I'm picking, I'll get swept by the Dodgers. (laughs) Because we, we owe the Reds a little bit here. Yeah. We owe the Reds. Yeah. We got to take three or four from the Reds because of what just happened this weekend. Like, to me, usually in a four-game set, I've said this a million times, four-game set, I'll split. Nope. Not this time. Right. Not this time. We got to take three or four. So, uh, next week, we'll talk about all this. All right, guys. That's all we have for today. You good? Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. 
Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two October. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks!